630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The 2020 NHL draft is in the books. The Edmonton Oilers have drafted all forwards for the first time in team history. We will break it down throughout the evening. Carter Savoy, the first player picked today by Edmonton. They traded down from 76 to get the 100th and 126th picks. So they take the Sherwood Park native, former Sherwood Park Crusaders star, Carter Savoy, 100th overall. Tyler Tulio, Maxim Bearskin, Philip Engeras, Jeremiah Lindewall, the other players selected joining Dylan Holloway, who was taken 14th overall by the Oilers yesterday. Yessi Pugliarvi is coming back. As the draft was going on, the Oilers made the announcement he gets a two-year deal, $1.175 million per season. I think pretty affordable and uh, a pretty uh, good uh, low-risk contract for the Oilers to sign him to. So now it is up to Pugliarvi and uh, come back and perform and up to Dave Tippett and his uh, teammates to uh, work with Pugliarvi to build a relationship and make him a productive player. And as we expected, no qualifying offers for Andreas Athanasiu and Matt Benning, so they will become free agents on Friday. Of course, now we roll right into free agency, which will start on Friday at 10 a.m. I'm also happy to hear from you tonight if you have any thoughts on uh, the Oilers' picks, if you have any thoughts on Pugliarvi, if you have any thoughts on uh, the no-qualifying offers for Athanasiu or Benning or whatever else you're thinking about tonight. Always happy to hear from you. The number, of course, to both call and text is 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for checking in. So here's one of the stories today. The Oilers did not draft a defenseman. They did not draft a defenseman. Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright. I mean, I think that, you know, organizational needs through throughout our organization, I think we, we've got to add depth up front um, um, in the forward position. Um, and you have to draft him and you, you have to develop him. Um, you know, was it our primary focus? No. Um, it just kind of happened that, you know, as we kept going back and, you know, we had some cluster of players and and they just happened to be forwards. Um, we had a couple of D in mind and and they went. And um, so it was it was kind of the, the primary target, but at the same sense, it, it kind of helped. It kind of happened just the way the cards fell. All right. So that is Tyler Wright, director of amateur scouting for the Edmonton Oilers. So no defenseman. You heard Ken Holland say earlier in the week that, he did not think they were going to draft the defenseman when he was asked about the first round pick. And clearly they're leaning towards forwards. Now you had, you heard Wright say they had a couple of defensemen in mind, weren't there when it got to the Oilers. So they go with forwards and uh, they're obviously looking to build some depth here in the uh, forward department. Certainly they feel better about their defense with uh, Broberg and Bouchard leading the way in the prospect category and with goaltending, they do have some prospect goaltenders. If you want to look at Rodriguez and Konovalov and Skinner. And, uh, of course, for a current goaltender, Ken Holland has said that they're likely going to pursue that through free agency. And it's interesting we're hearing a little more scuttle about Jacob Markstrom being linked to the Edmonton Oilers, which would be pretty interesting. So that's a story to follow throughout the week. So they go with all forwards. Uh, Dale texting in, when was the first goalie drafted? Well, that was Yaroslav Askarov. He went. Uh, he went in the first round. 
to the uh, Nashville Predators. What exact spot was he? It was 11. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Yeah, he went 11 to Nashville, Dale. So he was uh, a pretty highly thought of prospect in the goaltending category. There's even some thought he might go in the top 10. He winds up going 11 to the Nashville Predators. So let's uh, go through some of the Oilers picks here for you. Carter Savoy, who you probably have heard of over the last couple of years, played for the Sherwood Park Crusaders this past regular season, 1920 with Sherwood Park and what turned out to be a shortened AJHL campaign, 53 goals, 46 assists, 99 points in 54 games. Exceptional numbers, and Savoy describes himself as a player. I'm an offensive-minded player. I um, like the puck on my stick. I uh, like to shoot the puck a lot. Uh, I think I have a good release. Um, get on the odd man rush. Um, create space for my for my teammates. And, uh, yeah, create lots of opportunities on goal. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty fair description. I mean, even the year prior, as a, as a 16-year-old in 18, 19, 31 goals for the Sherwood Park Crusaders. So uh, not a tall guy, five foot nine. They got his weight at around 190, 192, and I'm sure he can uh, add a little bit to that here as he now goes through the NCAA. He's with the University of Denver. He found out that he was drafted by the Oilers about five minutes after getting, uh, getting off the ice from practice with Denver. Tyler Wright, Director of Amateur Scouting, back to him, his thoughts on Savoy. Well, you mean when you put the puck in the net 53 times in 54 games or 52 times, whatever the number is, it's, I mean, that's the name of the game of hockey is, you know, you try to score and it's the hardest thing to teach. So, you know, when a kid is offensively gifted like that, um, you have to recognize that. Now, I mean, there's a lot of aspects of his game that, um, you know, that still need to prove as all, all of these young men have, have to improve, but we, we really like the skill set and um, we kind of had a, had a feeling we thought maybe he, he might not be there at that time. And um, obviously when he was, we, we made the pick. So obviously the skill set and what he does, he's down in Denver, you know, right now working, we've, we've obviously had, you know, some inside intel here from being a, a local kid that we've kept, some pretty good quick tabs on him, you know, through the course of the summer and even since his time down in Denver. So um, pulled him off. They kind of got pulled off the ice there after practice and we talked to him. So pretty excited. So it, it was uh, it was a good day for him and for us. All right. And before we get to a special guest on the phone, just one more clip from Carter Savoy. What would he like to improve in his game? I think a big thing for me this summer was uh, working on my first couple steps, uh, getting my speed up. And I mean, I think I did a lot. A lot of that this summer and I feel a lot faster this year than I did last year with Sherwood Park so I mean that's really good especially coming up into the NCAA where it's a faster league um bigger stronger faster players so I mean you got to adjust to the pace and I think I did a good job and I I feel comfortable so far but I mean you can always improve on it um so I mean yeah I think I think I need to build up on that more and just keep on going with that All right, that's the rundown on Carter Savoy, the Oilers' fourth-round pick today, 100th overall, currently at the University of Denver after starring with the Sherwood Park Crusaders. I guess you could say he was a co-star on that team with defenseman Michael Benning, who checks in on the line now. And, Michael, you were drafted 95th overall today, just a few spots ahead of... uh, ahead of Carter. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for for fitting me in. Uh, Tell me about the moment you got picked. 
yeah, you know, I was just I was just kind of on FaceTime with all my buddies, you know, um, enjoying the moment, and I got picked, and honestly, kind of got my breath taken away. You know, it's a great opportunity, a great moment, and uh, I was happy, and so were my family and friends. And w- what about being able to share this a bit with Carter? Yeah, like it's it's obviously he's been he's been there throughout my whole hockey career. Um, you know, being so close, even in the draft, uh, it's been a great honor. So I was pumped for him. He was the first guy I called when he got drafted. So um, yeah, it was it's awesome. All right, tell me a little bit about the pre-draft process for you. Um, I mean, I talked to Jake Neighbors last week, who wound up going to St. Louis, and he said that thirty of the thirty-one teams talked to him at at some point. Was was the list that long for you, or what was uh, what was the lead up to the draft like? Uh yeah, I'm pretty sure like most of the teams, like more than a lot more than like half did. Um, I'm not sure if I'm, them all did. I didn't really keep tabs, but. Uh, yeah, like a lot of the teams contacted me. Um, you know, they they like my game, so um, you know, it's I'm glad I'm with the uh, the Panthers now. You know, they liked it, and uh, it's it was it was a process. You know, especially with the the draft being postponed. So um, I'm glad the wait's over. All right, as, as in your discussions with the Panthers, what did they tell you they liked about you? What goals did they set for you maybe for this year? Yeah, I didn't get in too much into goal setting with them yet. Uh, they like my offensive game. They like that I was a threat. Um, they like that, uh, you know, I can put the puck in the back of the net and make opportunities for guys out there. Um, they said, you know, we still got a lot to work on. Um, and it's good that I'm here at Denver, you know, with a good coach like DC and good players around me that uh, it's kind of suitable for their style of play. All right. Michael Benning joining us tonight on Inside Sports, Edmonton area product, played for Sherwood Park in the AJ, goes 95th overall to the to the Florida Panthers. Tell me uh, about the the last couple of years in Sherwood Park. Uh, I mean, a, a great team, a, a lot of very talented teammates. How do you look back on that experience now? Looking back, it was, it was a great development for me as a player, as a person. Um, you know, coming in there as a 16-year-old, I was a little bit amateur. Um, you know, the leadership group there the coaches there kind of took me under their wing um show me how big boys play and uh kind of developed me as a person and as a player so and obviously michael and, and i know we've talked before but your your family story is a significant one going to uh to elmer Benning, your your grandfather and uh, jim Benning, your uncle brian Benning, your dad Matt, your brother, you know, your sister, Abby, it's a, it's, it's a family thing. How has that shaped you? Yeah, it's, it's honestly a relief. Uh, you know, it's always been my dream to get drafted. Um, and seeing all the support and all the guys I've been through the process, like my uncle and my dad and my brother, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, they've, they've helped me through the way they told me to keep a positive mind about things. And, uh, I did so and I'm, I'm excited. When you see the NHL over the last couple of years, what happened in the postseason, McCarr, Hughes, Haskinen, young defensemen who are offensive, who can skate, uh, I mean, that's got to make you feel good about your skill set. It seems that, I mean, hey, everybody always likes an offensive defenseman, but it seems that mobility, the puck movement, is is as sought after as ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those guys are guys I look up to, guys I want to be like. 
Um, they they paved the path for a lot of a lot of young gay men like myself to look up to. Um, they're changing the game, as we know, and you know I like how they're changing it. They're getting a lot of getting a lot of points, getting a lot of opportunities. Um, they think the game different, and uh, it's kind of the way I think it. I I think so. So. All right, and before I let you go, what's going on uh, with NCAA hockey and the University of, of Denver? Is there a plan here when you guys can get started? Uh, well, there was the news that the Big Ten was starting up on the 13th of November, so hopefully that's our case too. We start up, uh, start up like that. That's for the soonest date we could start. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that's the case with uh, us. I'm, I'm horny to to play, so. Um, yeah, and, you know, the the situation here is just practicing, working out, um, you know, getting used to the pace of things, so I'm excited. Right on. Michael, congratulations. I know you've been doing a lot of these today, so thanks for making time for us on 630 Chet. Enjoy the experience, and we'll talk again soon. All right, thank you. Have a good one. That is defenseman Michael Benning checking in tonight on Inside Sports, 95th overall to the Florida Panthers, a product of the Sherwood Park Crusaders, as is Carter Savoy, who went to the Oilers 100th overall. Good for those two guys. All right, we'll keep breaking down the Oilers' picks. Jake Neighbors from the Oil Kings, he got taken by St. Louis. He'll be on the show as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Ladies and gentlemen, Edward Van Halen on the lead guitar. Man, that was a tough one, wasn't it? We're going to, of course, talk a lot about the NHL draft today. A special guest coming up at around 7.45 tonight, Jeremy Taggart, the former drummer for Our Lady Peace. That band toured with Van Halen in uh, the mid-90s, so Jeremy will get uh, his perspective to us. Yeah, I'm getting a little choked up here hearing Eddie's music and talking about him. Great guitar player, and uh, we'll be playing a fair bit of Van Halen coming back from commercials tonight. Before we uh, continue moving through the... uh, the Oilers draft picks from today. I do just want to flash back to the pick they made last night. That is Dylan Holloway out of the university of Wisconsin. Now Tyler Wright, the director of amateur scouting held his media availability within the last hour. And uh, here's his perspective of the Oilers taking Holloway 14th overall. Well, there's a lot of things that I like about him actually. Um, I think he's going to tell us when he's ready to play um, his play and his development's going to, going to dictate that for, for us, so obviously, the sooner the better for us, but um, his play will dictate that. Um, I mean, he's been on 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 our watch for quite some time now. He's he's a late birthday. He, you know, he played in the Ivan Holenka tournament last year. Um, you know, he's been to all the kind of the summer camps, Hockey Canada, and um, obviously, you know, 40-plus goals or 40 goals in as a 17-year-old in the Alberta Junior League and then moving on to the University of, of Wisconsin, uh, head coach in Wisconsin, 
Uh, Tony Granado uh, worked in Detroit while I was there. Um, have a relationship with you know with him. Um, the way that we want to look as the as an organization, we want to be fast. Um, we want to be hard. We want to be physical. Uh, we want to be skilled. Um, I think he he checks all those uh, you know off the board. Um, I I think that there's might be some perception out there that maybe. You know, his numbers uh, this year as far as being, you know, seven or eight goals in, in the NCAA, being the second youngest player in NCAA high, ice hockey this year. So there's a lot of factors. This guy has scored. Um, he's big. He's competitive. He can skate. And he can really shoot. Can he play center? Uh, he can play the wing. I think uh, the sky's the limit really for him. I think he can work his way up and down the lineup uh, in whichever position that that, that, you know, our coaching staff will put him in, and, and I think he'll excel at that, and I think he's got the character that he'll accept it. So there's a lot of things that are attractive, and obviously that's why we stepped up and took him at 14. Dylan Holloway, the Oilers' first-round pick from last night. He can skate. He's intelligent. He said it himself. He needs to finish more. He'll get the opportunity to do that as Wisconsin, as you would expect. His numbers as uh, as a freshman weren't through the roof, 17 points in 35 games. Don't forget, as a 17-year-old, he was the MVP of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. I do think it's significant he won the award at that age. And, uh, look, he just turned 19 on September 23rd. He's a, he's a mid-round pick. He's more comparable to Kyler Yamamoto than he would be to Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid, who, uh, well, even Dreisaitl didn't stay in the NHL the whole time after he was, or even uh, Dreisaitl didn't. So I think Holloway, you're looking at, you know, like Yamamoto, two and a half, three, three and a half years before he's an NHLer. So let's give this kid uh, some time to develop before we write him off. That's how I look at that. 780-496-0063. More on the Oilers picks and Jake Neighbors from the Oil Kings and the St. Louis Blues. Seventh overall draft pick, Darnell Nurse. As we bring you humans being Teddy Van Halen on the guitar from the movie Twister. Okay, so the Oilers draft picks today. 100th Carter Savoy, left winger out of Sherwood Park, now with the University of Denver. 126 overall, Tyler Tulio, right winger. Oshawa in the OHL. Maxim Bereskin, left winger, 138th overall. 169th, Philip Angeras from the University of New Hampshire. He's 21 years old. Kind of an interesting story. He uh, went to New Hampshire. He had to sit out the entire 18-19 season as, uh, I guess, a punishment from the NCAA for uh, having played games in a pro league in Sweden. So the Oilers get him. And then 200th overall, from uh, Modo in Sweden, Jeremias Lindewall. He's a right winger, 6'2", 183 pounds. And we'll have more comments and uh, clips from some of those guys as we move along tonight. Yesi Puliarvi signed by the Oilers, so he'll be back. He will be back whenever the next season gets going. Two-year deal, $1.175 million per season. Qualifying offers extended by the Oilers to Ethan Bear and William Lagason. Of note, they do not qualify Andreas Athanasiu. They do not qualify Matt Benning.
So both of those gentlemen will be unrestricted free agents coming up on Friday. The Senators did not issue a qualifying offer to Anthony Duclair, so keep that in mind. Uh, Kyle Turris gets bought out. Somebody texted in, would you look at Turris as a third-line center on a cheap deal? Uh, I would. I would. I think you'd have to uh, consider him. And uh, kind of a tough note here, Montreal Canadiens legend Guy Lafleur has uh, experienced a recurrence of his lung cancer. So uh, we wish Guy Lafleur the best as he battles that. Lafleur had surgery last December to remove a lobe on one of his lungs as well as to uh, remove some lymph nodes. He also had quadruple bypass heart surgery in September of uh, 2019. So uh, Guy Lafleur, one of the all-time greats. And uh, Hopefully he can fight through that. Obviously an incredible player, and uh, we'll follow that story. Okay, 780-496-0063 is how you can call or text. Uh, we'll break down more of the Oilers' picks in a few minutes, but I want to welcome back to the show. He was just on last week to lead into the draft, and now we get him again because he was picked last night by the St. Louis Blues. From your Edmonton Oil Kings, it is Jake Neighbors. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, I'm doing very, I'm doing well. very it's well. well. It's awesome, it's awesome to have, to have you back on the show. On the show. Tell me about the moment you were picked by the Blues. Uh, yeah, it was insane. Um, obviously, it was with all my family and, um, you know, was hoping that, you know, I'd get the chance to go to, you know, any team. But, um, you know, I was very, very happy when, you know, we heard that St. Louis was going to select me. And, uh, you know, obviously a ton of excitement, a ton of emotions. It was a, it was a great feeling. What kind of conversations, if any, did you have with them leading up to the draft? Did you suspect that they were pretty interested in you? Yeah, I think a bit earlier in the, in the offseason, um, right when the season ended, um, you know, I did quite a few chats with, um, with one of their scouts, um, you know, did a meeting with a psychology doctor and, you know, met their staff and everything like that. So, um, you know, I think I knew there was a little bit of interest there for sure and, um, you know, that they, they liked me and who I am as a player and as a person and, um, but, you know, didn't really have any indication that that was for sure going to be the spot or if they were going to pick me. So it was just kind of crossing the fingers. Were you, I know we touched on this a little bit last week, were you pretty hopeful to go in the first round? Would have it been tough going to bed last night uh, having, having not been picked? Did that enter your mind at all? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it's every kid's dream to go first round. It's kind of the, you know, just the the trademark of it or whatever. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's opportunity is equal. You're going to get a chance to go to camp and, um, you know, prove yourself. So at the end of the day, the pick doesn't really matter. But, um, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't extremely happy that, I, you know, I got it over with yesterday and, um, you know, got to go in the first round. It was uh, it was outstanding. No, who was who was all there with you? And, and I'll tack on to that maybe for someone who wasn't there who was the first uh, family member or loved one you might have texted or called yeah so I was with uh, my dad my mom uh, my stepdad my stepmom and um, I have five siblings uh, two half brothers um, two two stepsisters which I had online actually one's in Australia and one's in Edmonton and then um, I have my stepbrother there, uh, my girlfriend, and then um, my brother's wife and, and their kid um, and my brother's girlfriend. So quite a busy house. Um, there's a lot going on, but it was very important to me to have, you know, all my immediate family there. And, um, you know, kind of the first FaceTime I made was, was to my grandparents and, you know, they're out in Saskatchewan. And so I kind of FaceTimed them and, um, you know, shared the moment with them as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that, that's, uh, that's great to hear. What, what did... I mean, when you get that call from the Blues, who called you? What kind of things do they say? 
Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, obviously got a call from their general manager, Doug Armstrong, and, um, you know, their scouts and talked to some media and everything like that. And, um, you know, it was all positive. They said, you know, they really like the way I play and, you know, they think I fit the style of, of St. Louis Blues hockey. So, um, you know, that's a good start. And, uh, you know, they talked to me about development and, um, you know, all these types of things that, you know, are going to help me get to the next level and, and you know, kind of, um, you know, some tips and, and starter points of how we're going to begin that process together. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Jake Neighbors joining us tonight on Inside Sports, drafted by the St. Louis Blues and, of course, uh, a member of your Edmonton Oil Kings as well. A- another pretty cool moment. Uh, what did it mean to you, not just to see Ozzie Weisblatt picked, but the way he was selected by Doug Wilson, who signed his name? Yeah, it's outstanding. Um, you know, obviously, me and Ozzie and the family have become very, very close over the last couple of years. And... Um, you know, for the deaf community and, and I know for his mom and, and the family, it, it means a lot that, um, you know, Doug Wilson did that and, and signed the pick. That was, uh, you know, absolutely outstanding. And, um, you know, I think my family might have been louder for his pick than they were for mine. We were, um, you know, very stoked and, and very excited to see him taken. You know, their family is is uh, my family as well. So it was a super surreal moment and, and you know, an awesome moment for, for Oz and his fam. Can you tell people about uh, meeting meeting Oz and getting to be good friends with him? Can you take me through that uh, that friendship? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we kind of we started talking in Bantam, um, you know, when we we were playing against each other lots, and um, you know, just kind of one of those things. They added each other on Snapchat and just started talking that way, and then. Um, you know, it ended up turning out that I came back um, for that midget year and, and played for the Buffalo. So we ended up on the same team and, um, you know, we met in tryouts and, and right away just clicked, um, you know, had some instant chemistry as friends and, um, you know, just continued to build. And, um, you know, on the bus rides, I was I would learn sign language from him. And I think, you know, that really meant a lot to him. He's never had a friend kind of, you know, take on that responsibility before. So. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what, what brought us so close, um, you know, and, and obviously that led to being just as close with the rest of the family as well. So, um, you know, that's kind of kind of our story. It's uh, nothing too special, but uh, pretty cool. So, Well, I think it is special, Jake, because you, you wanted to learn sign language, did you not, so you could communicate with his mom? Yeah, yeah, because... Ozzy would always, uh, he'd always tell me to sign things and I didn't know what I was saying and I, I think he had me saying some pretty, uh, some pretty funny stuff so um, you know I had to learn it so he couldn't pull my leg anymore. How long did it take you to learn it? Quite a while. I'd say uh, you know it took to get the alphabet down fluently um, you know probably took about a month and a half, two months. Um, you know, when you're really starting to flick the fingers around quick, it's uh, it takes some practice. So, I um, mean, you know, I still struggle with it, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to improve. Well, good for you for doing that, and, and that connection with Ozzy and his family is, is pretty cool. Um, how are you spending the next couple days? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, last night was kind of, you know, with the family, got, got to see some of my buddies and my friends and, you know, celebrate the night and, um, you know, I think we'll just take the rest of the week here uh, as it goes and, and, you know, just kind of enjoy it before, uh, you know, we snap back to reality and get back to work here. So, Well, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you're playing for Oil Kings fans uh, in the near future here as well. We'll see what happens with the WHL season. But I'll end there. Anything you want to say to uh, Oil Kings fans, people who have cheered you on here in Edmonton? 
Yeah, for sure. Obviously, I want to say thank you for, for all the support. I mean, we got the best fans in the Western Hockey League in Edmonton. Um, you know, us as players get tremendous support. And, um, you know, all the love I see on social media and, um, you know, stuff like that from the fans is, is awesome. So I want to say thank you to all of them. And, you know, I can't wait to, to pull on the Oil Kings jersey and play in front of, uh, in front of you all again. Right on. We look forward to that. Jake, I know you're doing a lot of these interviews, so thanks for fitting us in here on 630 Chet. Again, congratulations. We'll keep in touch and all the best. Thanks so much, Reed. I appreciate it. We'll chat soon. Classy guy. Jake Neighbors, 26th overall to the St. Louis Blues. He'll be uh, back with your Edmonton Oil Kings whenever the Western Hockey League season can get going. That, that is a really awesome story with, with him and his friend Ozzy Weisblatt. And I thought that was really touching last night when Doug Wilson, the, the general manager of the Sharks, signed Ozzy's name to make the selection. You heard Jake talking about uh, Ozzy's mother being deaf. And uh, as a result, Jake learned sign language so he could go into their home and communicate uh, with Ozzy's mom. That is really cool. Good for Jake. Thought he'd go late first round, early second round. The Blues got a good one there. It is 644. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more into Tyler Tulio and Philip Angaras. Two of the Oilers' picks today. We'll see uh, Ingrass especially is an interesting one because he had to sit out an entire season thanks to an NCAA rule. All coming up inside sports on 630 Chet. For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge came out in 1991. There we go. 780-496-0063 to call or text as we take you through some of the uh, headlines from the NHL draft and we uh, take a closer look at some of the Oilers selections. We talked about Carter Savoy a little bit early on. So the Oilers had the 76th pick and then they didn't because they traded it to San Jose for the 100th pick and the 126th picks. So Savoy goes at number 100. Then at 126, they get Tyler Tulio, who uh, has played for the Oshawa Generals in the Ontario Hockey League the last two seasons. Last year, decent numbers, 27 goals, 66, uh, 66 points in 62 games. And uh, he has a pretty good relationship with the Oilers' Zach Cassian. Yeah, so I've been training with him for the last two and a half years now. So kind of been been nice just to see that going into my first year obviously is um, my first season in the OHL that's when I started really training um, with him and now I start where I've been working out with him five days a week and skating with him three days a week as well so honestly I've been around I'm basically around him um, almost 24 7 so it's kind of nice just to see um, how hard that guy works on and off the ice and uh, um, the things he do, does to prepare and uh, he wants to be the best and that's kind of something I really, I really um, take take for granted. Just because um, looking at a, a guy like that, it's um, it's really, it's really good to see, and it gives me, it gives myself that that little juice to see where um, I really need to, to how hard to work and where to put myself within um, the next couple of years to hopefully making this team. 
All right, so that is Tyler Tulio. Good relationship with Zach Cassian, clearly spending a lot of time together. So Cassian's work ethic rubbing off on Tulio, who also let you know about his game. Honestly, for myself, I think I'm a, I'm a 200-foot playmaker. I think I can make plays all over the ice, whether it be defensively making just little bump plays to get the puck out of our zone, um, tape-to-day passes. Um, I'm a guy that can use my body. Um, I'm not really afraid of nobody out on the ice. Um, I can score goals. I can um, make plays. I get to the dirty areas. And um, I really kind of um, have everything that um, a really 200-foot player has. And I, I try and do everything I can to, to really make that 200-foot player the best he can be. Best he can be. Now, Tulio coming in at 5'10", but only 165 pounds. So not surprising to hear what he wants to work on. I think obviously just overall strength and size. Obviously, everybody um, coming in from the OHL to the NHL, it's really a big step. So you really need to to have that size and strength to be able to compete in an 82 season, 82 game season. So I think that's definitely something. But at the same time, um, I know my work ethics there, and I know my grit, my grit, and that kind of stuff's there. But at the same time, um, something like my skating, just that little thing, I can always um, keep on improving that just to be. Um, trying to be the fastest guy out there and obviously playing, um, getting drafted to a team where you have one of the fastest players in the NHL, you're going to be able to keep up with him. So that's always going to be something I'm going to have to keep working on just so I can even be able to keep up with him in, pra- uh, in practices and games. All right, so there's a little bit on Tyler Tulio, T-U-L-L-I-O, Oshawa Generals. The Oilers get him fifth round, 126th overall. 138th overall, Maxim Berezkin from Russia, 6'2", 200 pounds. He is a left winger. If you missed it earlier, the Oilers drafted only forwards in this year's draft. 169th in the sixth round, Philip Angaras, who is Swedish. He's a center. Six foot, about 187 pounds, playing for the University of New Hampshire, where he uh, played last season, got into 25 games, eight goals, seven assists for for 15 points. And if if you look on his hockey DB page, there there's a year missing. There is nothing for 18-19. Came out of the Skelefia program in Sweden. And then, uh, and then there's nothing for that 18-19 season. So what is going on? Well, because he played some pro games, the NCAA said, you, you, you know, you can't come over here and play right away. So they made him sit out the 18-90 season. And I asked him what that was like. Yeah, obviously it was the first, for the first year was pretty tough. Um, getting the news that I wasn't going to be able to play and that I was going to sit out the whole year. Um, but I just kept, kept grinding, practicing, like yeah, like usually, and um, obviously, not playing in the games were tough and, and all that. But seeing it from the stands, I was getting known of the how we play, and I saw every game. Um, so once once I got got cleared to play, I was I felt ready, and um, after all, it was maybe a good good thing to, to get used to everything that that's with coming to college and, and all that. So. Um, to see it on the right side, uh, I got ready um, to to play here uh, at UNH. All right. So, yeah, he was actually in the middle of studying when he did his Zoom availability from New Hampshire. And that, that a really interesting trajectory for him. And also drafting a 21-year-old, that doesn't happen very often. And I asked Tyler Wright, Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, about Ingrass. And to be honest with you, we weren't really sure if we were going to get him. So, um, 
it's it may seem like uh you know maybe a shot in the dark or going off the board from from a lot of people's standpoint but um you know within the chatter of the you know the hockey world um you know people would recognize this kid for sure and i think he's been tucked away a little bit um just again you know i mean we, we do a lot of homework on these kids and um we try to you know dig into their background obviously you know had to sit out and you know, only playing half the games last year and um, then with the shutdown and, and stuff like that. So just intrigued, um, you know, we, we don't really look at birth years a ton. Obviously, uh, when they're younger, uh, you have more time to develop them. Um, but, you mean, he's, you know, he's a 99-born player that, um, you know, is going to go back to school and will monitor and um, make a decision and goes from there. He's an interesting prospect for sure. All right, so there you go. And uh, seventh round, 200th overall, another Swedish player, right winger, 6'2", 183 pounds, Jeremias Lindewall gets picked by the Edmonton Oilers. So those are the forwards they've added. Obviously, where they were picking, they're not going to get somebody that comes in and makes an immediate impact, even with their first rounder. I think that would have been much too much to expect at number 14. Dylan Holloway will return to Wisconsin, and then his junior season after that, we'll see if he goes pro and or, or stays in Wisconsin so that's the lowdown on the Oilers of course you can get more on 630ched.com globalnews.ca uh, overall um, I, I, it's interesting all the discussion on Holloway now you, you got to remember where I'm coming from I, I I think I have a bit of a bias towards players who uh, went tier two and excelled because I, I spent a significant part of my career covering tier two players in Lloyd Minster and I got a great deal of respect for that level of hockey and we're seeing more and more players go through that route to become pretty good uh, NHL players. So uh, all, I, I think uh, I'll roll with that Holloway pick. I like Savoy at 100. At Tulio, I got some question marks there, but he's at 126. And then after that, I mean, the, the other fifth rounder and the sixth and the seventh, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about the Russian player. Uh, Angaras is, you know, interesting but but a total we'll see and at, and at 21 obviously a little a little older he's the age where you're hoping some other draft picks are, are really knocking on the door to make the nhl roster or maybe already there so that's kind of my summary of uh, how it looked for the order seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the number for you to call or text baseball playoffs Want to update this? Uh, the Athletics have beaten the Astros 9-7 to stay alive. Houston leads the series two games to one. Padres and Dodgers coming up in about 12 minutes. The Dodgers lead that series 1-0. The Braves knock off the Marlins 2-0, and they lead the series 2-0. Only seven hits total in that game, three for the Marlins, four for the Braves. And in the top of the fifth, Tampa Bay up 5-1 on the Yankees. That series is tied one one and we're gonna see uh yesi puliarvi signed by the oilers now he will remain in finland for the time being so he gets he gets signed by the oilers and uh immediately uh loaned to carpat of the finnish national league for the beginning of the season and then whenever the nhl gets going he'll be back interesting gary bettman did confirm yesterday when he gave his pre-draft comments that it's now January 1st, the target date for the start of the next season. Which doesn't surprise anybody. They'd been on the record with hoping for December 1st. 
I don't think any of us thought that was realistic. So we're probably looking at maximum a 60 game regular season for next year and probably some sort of a regional schedule, at least to start the season, or maybe it's a baseball style schedule. Edmonton's making three trips to Vancouver. They spend five days in Vancouver and play the three games every second day, or maybe they do a back-to-back. Brendan Escott, uh, he knows some of these guys from the AJ, and he'll weigh in on his thoughts on some of the Oilers' selections as well when we get back. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.